like my bathroom's got a black and white tile. I love it. Hello and welcome back to Lemon Island Picks. Now on a Friday. Let me know if you prefer the episodes on a Monday or any other day of the week. I'd be quite interested to hear when you guys like to tuck into a good, juicy episode of Lemon Island Picks. Oh, that's a, that's a bit weird, that, isn't it? But I'm going to have to keep it in. Anyway, joining me on today's episode is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Matthew Fisher himself. There's someone collecting a pizza in my house. As always, we're going to be discussing three albums, a book, and a luxury item. You all know the format by now. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Wow, it's been an evening of great starts, hasn't it? It certainly has. (laughs) Blimey. Well, hello. Matthew, which one do you prefer? I didn't Um, actually even ask. Matthew, please. What do you prefer, Matthew? Matthew. Yeah. Should we just uh, say Matt to make things easy? I'd prefer if you didn't. Oh, okay. So I, should we just go uh, Matthew, Matthew? Yeah, that's fine with me. I just, you know, <laughs> I think when I think Matt, I just think some money works in like the media. Oh, all right. Someone posher than me is what I'm trying to make out. So it's just two Matthews tonight on the yeah. Island Picks. I don't, I don't think that'll be confusing. We've got different voices. I know. Yeah, I was thinking what would actually be confusing about. There's only two people here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine. But yeah, yeah, we certainly will be. Matthew or yes, Matthew. Matty, Matty's okay, but it feels a bit feels a bit young. Yeah, it feels a bit forced on it. Yeah. So yeah. Well, so Matthew, you've been thrown out of a plane onto a desert island in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I know. How are you feeling about that one? Sorry, right. it's it's a change up from the current situation, so that's fine. I welcome it. Yeah, bit bit of a holiday, just uh, yeah. Never-ending holiday. It's the way I'm seeing it. <laughs> Look on the bright side. <laughs> so, do you want to choose your first albums to go through? I certainly would. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the best of the, th- the three, which is okay. right, Ele- nice. Elephant by the White Stripes. Mm-hmm. Wowzer. Um, it's, I, I consider it one of my like evergreen albums that I could listen to it at any time. Um, yeah, there's a few. I like that term Evergreen album. You yeah, a good one. That. I've got a playlist on Spotify that's called Evergreen Albums, like it's just stuff that I've always liked and always will like. I think. Yeah, um, I like that. I've, but Elephant, I, I found it when I was like 13. I got Spotify when I was like 13, I think. And this was one of the first albums I was like getting into. I was like, this is really good. This is like, I don't know how you really describe this album. Like it, it is. It is quite a big album commercially and stuff, but yeah. it doesn't really have. Uh, what what was the year two thousand and four three three? Yeah, it's as old as me. So like, I'm just thinking what other stuff we had then. Like, I like the Strokes, but I just don't think mm. was when were the Strokes? <laughs> Somewhere around there, probably about that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had like kind of early Arctic Monkeys and the Libertines. Yeah, like. I do really like all of them, but this was like, this was what, I, in my head, was like a really good example of just stepping outside a little bit. I think the Strokes are a bit too commercially sometimes. Yeah, they're quite. They're a bit more, I suppose, smooth. I'd describe them. Yeah, this, to this is what I was, yeah, whereas this is like, 
I don't want to say old school because I actually sound like someone. This isn't what I'm talking about, which I don't. But <laughs> but it, it it just it's it was very left field for its time, I think, while still being pretty successful and commercial. And they were massive. And obviously, I wasn't around there at the time. I'm a bit younger, but I imagine they were pretty big, word of mouth and whatnot. And yeah. and, obviously, and obviously, this has got Seven Nation Army on, which I think, although is probably overplayed, definitely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is, is a great example of, you know, just a pop song that is just a good song and that's why it's... That's a, lasted as well. Yeah, that's why it's a pop song. Mm. And and I would say, talking about its commercial uh, appeal, guess how many millions of plays this has had so far on Spotify? Well, well we've got a bit of trivia. I know. What, what was that, sorry? Well, how many million... How many million plays? Seven Nation Army has. Yeah. Ooh. Um... I'm going to go bold. I'm going to say like, oh, that's just tough. Maybe like 300 million? More. Seriously? Yep. <laughs> wow. Seven. 790 million. million. Fucking yeah. hell. hell. That's mental, isn't it? That is, that's mad. That's like, because once you, there's not many people who have hit a billion. No. On Spotify. That's kind of like, no, the, not. that's the golden zone, isn't it? Like who's got a million? Probably Ed Sheeran, that kind mm. of thing. And, I think people who have got a billion are people who have brought out that music when streaming has been a thing. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. 2003, it was CDs. So, but yeah, that's totally blown my mind. Yeah. 700 million. Yeah, I, it's absolutely I, insane. Probably still raking in the cash from that, even with streaming prices. I know. Yeah, he's he's got to be rich, Jack White. Yeah, it's absolutely mental. Yeah, seven. <laughs> seven I, sorry, I can't get off that. I would have any how much of that is just like people who love football <laughs> or amateur guitarists. Yeah, like, definitely. Just, uh, like beginning guitarists. Definitely amateur guitarists. I, I think yeah. the, one of the first songs I learned on guitar was the Any of My Fingers on Elephant. Really? Yeah, I really like that song. So yeah, it's a definitely. I mean, one of my first ones was Seven Nation Army. Yeah. Really? I think everyone learns that riff at some point, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. So You don't hear that much very often. Like, what are the big songs that I've released, like, within, I suppose, this millennium that people, like, all want to learn? Yeah, yeah. Because Wonderwall's before that, innit? Yeah, so. and, like, what else is there? Like, Smoke on the Water and, like, yeah. um, I suppose there'll be, like, Arctic Monkeys, that kind of thing. Yeah, true. Um, But, yeah, you're right, there's... I, but maybe we st- maybe we're gonna start sounding like really old here, <laughs> like you know, like you know those older guitarists who like grew up with like Led Zeppelin mm. and they're like, oh, music's just not not good these days. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like a risk of sounding like that. Um, nah, but just I, that knowledge in a modern classic. Yeah, yeah, cause, because I think guitar in I think guitar in music now is it's. I think people have had enough of just like like riffing and solos and stuff and rightly so yeah, because it's been happening for like 60 years so yeah it's not that long when you think about it to be fair like I was thinking about this the other day like music and pop music especially it's not even been a hundred years no it's mad isn't and it roll. and even aside from music this the past if you think back to 1920 and think of all the things that have happened mm. Since then, it's like crikey. And then you think all the things that happened just in music alone, and it's like, wow. <laughs> a lot packed in, isn't there? Yeah. It's like, 
well, I guess it was the century of popular culture, really, because before then it didn't really exist. Well, I guess yeah. it, it did, but there wasn't any... I don't know. It wasn't as available. There wasn't as, like, yeah, and there wasn't, like, subsections in it. It was just, like, you go here to enjoy yourself. Mm. Like, theatre and stuff like that in the Victorian times. But, yeah, it's not a history podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. But, so, yeah, I was listening to this and I was thinking, Jack White, what a tank, first of all. <laughs> and some of his guitar tones on this are amazing. Like, they're mad, aren't they? And they're all home-brewed. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree there. Because um, I was reading some, going back to the history of it, um, <laughs> he recorded everything on, like, equipment from 1963 yeah, or something, yeah. or from around that time. This, this is, is this the Sound on Sound article? Um, no, I've not read that, no. Because they, they mention that on there as well, and they talk about all the tape machines mm. and stuff. And it's it's a bit mythical, but... Yeah, I think most of it was on like old kind of Studer machines and mm. kind of like Abbey Road era compressors and stuff. And oh, I nice. think that's probably where a guitar belongs, really. I think you can you can always get away with like kind of, I want to say retro production on a guitar, I think. Yeah. Um, where it, it suits it, doesn't it? Whereas yeah. you wouldn't be able to put like a drum machine through an old Abbey Road. No, it would just get killed. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, Abbey Road stuff's just all mid-rangey and nice and, like, smooth. So, yeah, it's good for that little pocket of things like keys and bass and guitar. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think I think when I listen to this album sonically, it, it is just like... It's, it, it just sounds like a, like a record. It doesn't sound like a gig. It's not, like, fully live, but it sounds like... Mm. You ever done like a band rehearsal where you've just like really like tuned in the PA and everything's like the perfect? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like that. It's all it's so. Is it like is holistic a right word? It's so kind of like. It's the perfect example of just doing like. A recorded album as is as it sounds already, and then yeah, just reinforced by like ultra expensive compressors and tape machines, <laughs> and a really really good room. Have you seen a picture of the recording room? I've not, no. Oh, it, um, it's got a weird name, the studio, on it? Yeah, it's called, what's it? I think it's, it's in London. It's called Torag Studios, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I, knew, I knew it was something to do with feet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, what's it like? Is it? It, it just looks really that, cool. I imagine like a basement. It, it, it's got like, um, I don't know where, I don't know whereabouts it is in terms of the building, but it's got like, you know, those like black and white checkerboard floors. Mm. I think they're the, like the best floors you can get. I've, like my bathroom's got black and white tiles like that, and I love it. Like you can't beat black and white tiles, can you? You can't. It's just it, patterns. That's yeah. never died, has it? So that's the only thing I've got to add. I don't know anything else about the room other than it's got <laughs> black and white tiles. And they, and they oh, you need to know, innit? It's true, and they are quite black, white, and red centered. The white stripes. Yeah, I was gonna say they're very visually comprehensive. Yeah. Is that the right word? Like they've got the style, like the visual style. No, I think comprehensive is a great word to use. That like they. Thank you. <laughs> they are ultra stylish. Like having well, obviously a two, like one of the first breakthrough two pieces, I guess, other than some stuff in the seventies. Mm. And then having like people who just look quite bold anyway. Like Jack White's quite an interesting looking man. 
and yeah. does wear interesting clothes. And when they both dressed in red all the time and stuff, they really, really did it for me. Anyway. Like you see black, white and red and the first thing I think anyway is, oh, white stripes. Oh, yeah. oh where's Jack White? <laughs> I think they're like the three best colours. Like red's my favourite colour. And yeah. they're just, they can, you can do a lot with black, white and red. Put it that way. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, they've got uh, years of music worth from uh, black, white, and red. Hundred percent. But he, he, like, he's obsessed with like the number three Jack White. I don't know if you've yeah heard he is, that yeah. before. He used to be like an upholsterer in Detroit, and I don't know if you've heard there's a there's a band before the White Stripes called the Upholsterers. Um, I think I have. Yeah, I read in an interview with the Rock Hunters. I think yeah, about, he's, about he's, that, yeah. he's mentioned them quite a bit and. They're really good, the like, upholsterers. They're just like a... Have you heard Drenge before? I've not, no. Oh, they're almost like... Well, Drenge are like a two-piece in England and they're all almost like them. It's like a little bit more... It's a little bit more like kind of... I want to say like heavy would be maybe the right word. Okay. But Jack White obviously is a bit younger on there, so his voice is even higher. I'm just like impossible to like comprehend. <laughs> but even then, he, he, was, he was quite old when he when he did the white stripes i think he was end of his 20s which is not old but like in terms of like For his bl- breakthrough band yeah like. yeah now you sometimes think 16 but then yeah he was end of his 20s and he's singing higher than like everyone <laughs> Girl, <laughs> girls included so he's still got it though hasn't he? He certainly with has. um his solo stuff yeah yeah what do you think of his last solo album i mean going off this album a bit but i think i preferred the one a- before it, uh, is it Blunderbuss? Yeah, Blunderbuss before it. I think that was a little bit better, but then I think the first solo album he did, I'm going to have to check here. I'm going to make mistakes. Jack, <laughs> Also, my mic is just dropping to the floor. I'm about to sort that in a second. Oh. Um, oh, no, Blunderbuss is his first one. That's the one I really like. Yeah. And then Lazaretto, the second one. Third one was good. It was just, I don't know, it's just trying to be a little bit too clever, I think. <laughs> but it, it's seriously good, like, really well produced. I can admire it in that. Yeah, I was going to say, In that yeah. sense, and the drums and stuff going on in that. Mm. Uh, pretty mental. And he, he kind of puts himself away a little bit in this recent solo album. It's not as, like, guitar solo, guitar solo, guitar solo. And it's more, yeah. it's more kind of percussive and, I guess, mathematic with it, I guess. But speaking of um, a lack of guitar solos, there's a lot of good effects on it. Have you seen all the stuff he's doing, like three three microphones on his live setup? Yeah. Um, I think he's just brought out an octave pedal that's got like three switches on it. Um, yeah, he's got loads of pedals now. He's, he's a chav. Yeah. He's an absolute chav. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, he, he man, is... That's one way to describe Jack White, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I, I When I think of guitarists, I kind of think of... Um, I think of kind of I could don't really like any of the sixties guitarists. They're all too clunky and bluesy, and like I like Hendrix, but mm. then I I think a lot of people like Hendrix. That's not like a a bold statement, <laughs> but I don't like like Eric Clapton and stuff like that. I just think it's a bit a bit too noodly. Um, yeah, but I think Josh Homme from Queens of Stone Age, Jack White. And then Hendrix, they've kind of kind of nailed guitar in, I think. Um, it's always the, it's the Americans that can get away with stuff like this. 
Like if you <laughs> try and be a guitar god in England, it just gets a bit, you know. <laughs> you Who should, knows? You could um, you could be the next one. I don't want to be the guitar god. <laughs> Pol- uh-huh. Politely decline. Um, but yeah, so Josh Homme is really good. But yeah, they've both got this really like, I almost think like, like bratty and chimey guitar that's also super clean and super tight, and then yeah, s- sounds like- of it, of its own. Very controlled fuzz in it, like not often you hear a fuzz pedal that doesn't sound too like messy. Yeah, or like cheap. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that probably goes down to him having as much room as he wants in terms of mixing, like because there's no bass. Well, there is sometimes, but not not in the band. And obviously, Meg's drums are just kind of quite boomy, so there's a lot of room to work around. I think. Mm. What do you think of Meg's drumming? I really That's like it. A bit of a split one. I do. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can understand that people. No, I can't understand it. It suits the music, so that should be the be all and end all. Yeah, I was gonna say it goes back to the uh, Ringo argument, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it is people saying like Ringo's not a good drummer? Yeah, but he played everything perfectly, and the songs wouldn't have worked without him. That's the thing, like. I think these people are just ignoring what these songs might sound like without him, if that makes sense. Mm. I think you subconsciously get used to these little nuances and stuff, but at the end of the day, it's just drums. And if it's mainly, mostly in time, you're driving yeah. the song. Sorry, I, I, I realise I might have offended <laughs> you there by going, it's just drums. So I'd like to apologise. Nah, oh, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like it. And obviously she just looks really cool. I don't know what she does now, but I wish she still played music. Yeah, really I don't cool. think she does. I think no, she's kind of she steps away from it. She just kind of chills out all the time. So, yeah. There we go. So, so if you'd have to choose a favourite track off this record. Ooh, have a look. Um, I think I'm going to do uh, Girl, You Have No Faith in Medicine. The, like, the, guitar, the guitar solo in that is just mental like yeah. it's like he's playing bagpipes at some point like it's just really like i can't even just i can't even think it's really unhinged and then like the rhythm of it's a bit weird and then the whole song is just like it's that classic kind of like fast white stripes song a bit like mm. fell in love with a girl where it's just like yes this is really really echoing like all the garage rock and stuff in the 70s yeah i was gonna say like and it kind I've, of almost I've, skate punk kind yeah, of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, definitely. And I think if you're on a desert island, you need you need that you need that injection. You need the energy, yeah. yeah. And obviously, you could just do whatever you liked. You could just like start chucking loads of rocks into the sea, or like <laughs> relentlessly digging. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no <laughs> relentlessly digging. <laughs> there's no, there's no <laughs> one to watch you. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just layers and layers of sand. <laughs> I told you. It's just, <laughs> I think, I think all the albums I've picked have kind of, they kind of allow you to be unhinged or step away from everything for a little while. Because there's a few albums I, I thought of straight away that I haven't featured at all. Um, yeah. Because it just didn't have that. So, yeah. Girl, You Have No cool. Fear for Medicine, number one track. Banger. Right, moving on to the next one, which next album is going to make you unhinge yourself from the island um 
I'll let you, do you, you know my picks, don't you? Do you want to pick the one for me? Because I don't know which one to pick. Sure, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> go with Lou Reed. Yes. Coney Island Baby. Yes. 1976. It's mad, isn't it? I, I always think these albums are a bit younger than they are. Mm. I was thinking of Aladdin Sane by David Bowie the other day, and that's like 1973, I think. And it's like, I was thinking, shit, that's nearly like 50 years old now. Yeah. So, and I, like, I always thought, as I first got into Bowie and Lou Reed and kind of the 70s stuff, I always thought that was still fairly new compared, yeah, to, like, compared to like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. But then you realise, oh God, it's nearly 50 years old. And then you think maybe like Britpop, <laughs> that's like 30 years old now. It's like, oh God. Yeah, I still think the 90s are 10 years ago. Yeah, 100%. Like, and I was only little when they were 10 years ago. It's yeah. weird. Time so. stopped, I'm telling you. <laughs> Again, we're sounding quite old, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, no. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll bring Lemon back. Island boomer cast. <laughs> yeah, we do sound like proper boomers talking about <laughs> yeah. who's made a good guitar riff in the 2000s. No one. <laughs> so uh, anyway, back to the 70s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So back to the 70s with Lou Reed. I first heard this album... Uh, probably most appropriately on a flight to America. Uh, it's on like, you know, like the seats that have got like music on them. You can like pick albums. Oh yeah, yeah. So there was loads of albums. I'm trying to remember what was on there. I think there was a Tom Jones one. Um, when was it? What What was the year? There was a couple of new ones. 2016. I think, I think like um, Lazarus was on there. That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. 2016. Yeah. Music, anyway. Um, or was it 2017? I think it's 2017. I it doesn't matter, anyway. Coney yeah. Island Baby <laughs> was on there, and I listened to that album like three times. You know when you're kind of half asleep and listening to an album? Yeah. Like, I just had my eyes shut and listened to this. Like this, I was like, this feels like a holiday in itself, and I don't want to sound all eyebrow but it was really, really like, really something, uh, like some, just something extra than usual listening. I, I don't know if it's because I was kind of forced to listen to it properly and the, the mm. headphones were quite good, but it just really suited being on a flight and it being sunny outside and knowing that I was going to America. And it was just a really like concise and comprehensive sound to it and all the songs were just like a nice little hug without being too kind of <laughs> lovey about it. You still Lou Reed, yeah. you still, you know a bit of a crank so i enjoyed that <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's got that good vibe for like kind of being half asleep and yeah. it, it's not too like abrasive it's very kind of once again i'm saying music is smooth but uh like very laid back yeah 100 percent. it's like um i can i listen to it and i can imagine being on that desert island with my eyes shut and being like this is all right so that's why I picked this. Just forget um, I'm here. I'm back on the plane. I'm going to America. Everything's fine. Hundred percent. But I don't. Know, I don't actually know anything about this album, really. So <laughs> I just, I just enjoy it for what it is. Um, I really like. I think "Kicks" is my favorite song. Um, yeah, yeah. That song just seems to get louder and louder and louder as it goes through. I think that's yeah, done what, on purpose. Isn't that- it? kind of like it's almost like a teasing song it's like oh 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 it does that <laughs> and like it's got a lot of those kind of like um 
like voiceover things in it, like little conversations they've put in. I don't have a clue what yeah, it's I was about, say. really. Because they were going, they're really loud when they come in compared to the rest of it. You just get like these little two second bits of uh, like someone speaking that is just yeah, really yeah. loud. It's like someone just goes snitch. It's like, what? yeah, <laughs> it probably catches your, your attention. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a long one as well, isn't it? I think it's about six minutes. So. Yeah, I almost, maybe even think seven, you know. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Just to let you know, Matt, there's someone collecting a pizza in my house, so if you might have sweated that out afterwards. <laughs> it's all um, good. <laughs> but I don't think you'll be able to hear it too much. Um, nah. But yeah, kicks and then nobody's business. That's a really like nice, that's like a perfect example of like a melancholic song, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's, Louis always done this thing where he's done really, really, really good intros. Like with Velvet Underground, there was like Sweet Jane, the intro to that is like mm. just completely different from the song and is a really, really good guitar part. And he's, do- he's done that on Nobody's Business as well. So you can have that, Lou Reed. You've got good intros. Good songs as well. Yeah, right? 100%. I mean, I was most struck by the um, bells on the first track. Well, hang on. Is it Christmas? Oh. <laughs> like... You only hear bells in Christmas tunes, or am I missing a whole genre? What is the bells? I just thought there was a cowbell on Crazy Feeling. Or is no, the I bells think as I well? think it's like full on like tubular bells. Wow, like, that's yeah. A, that's Unless a, I'm majorly mishearing things, but yeah, it's definitely got like a really really loud cowbell in it, and I, yeah. I imagine it probably has the bells in it as well. So yeah, I think only in like the choruses or something, but yeah, I thought it was Christmas. I also, the, a gift, track number five, it's just the audacity of singing, I'm just a gift to the women of this world. It's like <laughs> outrageous. Over can, and over. Can you like, imagine someone doing that now? I don't want to, but like, <laughs> <laughs> just ridiculous. Like, some, he's just sat down and thought, I am a gift to the women of this world. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, Yeah. But uh, I did, is that the only lyric as well? I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, is there a few more? I there? think there's like a little bridge as well, but yeah, yeah. that's mainly, <laughs> it just keeps saying it. It's like, all right, all right, Lou. So. Here we go. Get the pipe, get the, come on, Lou. Right, okay, <laughs> Lou, you're a gift to the women of the world. Next track. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a really nice layer of kind of, it's apparently a lot of it's about his girlfriend, which I can't really hear, but. Yeah, I read somewhere it's his most sentimental album. Yeah, it's definitely but, got that about it. And yeah. Like, but it it's... I always think... Have you heard like any of Iggy Pop's new songs? Or, like new albums, like the last two? His new ones? No, I'm not. Because they've both... He's kind of done the same thing where it's like... He's kind of like, not scary figures, but like pretty outlandish figures. They always do yeah. like, a couple of I albums, always put the like, two together, to be yeah. fair. And they always do a couple of albums like this and it's just like, all oh, right. So you can be scary, but then also have the romanticized music and it's a really, really good combination. It's like, so yeah, it just sounds good. That's it. <laughs> so has Iggy taken a step back then in his past few albums? Yeah, but his, his, his past two albums are also pretty like rocky in terms of modern standards, yeah. but they're like, they're a lot more... Profound would be a correct word to say. Um, and that's definitely something mm. that Lou Reed's done here as well. So, yeah. I still need to 
like have a full on dive into Lou Reed stuff because he's got a lot of solo albums. He's got he? loads of stuff, yeah. yeah. I don't really know most of it to be honest. I like know this. Yeah, and, um, me neither. Yeah. Um, Velvet Underground. So, mm. some people have got too much stuff that's not worth knowing at all. Cause it, <laughs> yeah, true. I'd rather just learn something new. I think I know like all of Bowie, <laughs> all of the Beatles, but I don't really know all of anything else really. Yeah, maybe like all of Queens of the Stone Age. And all of Kate Bush. <laughs> Not bad choices at all. No, thank you. Um, so yeah, I don't really know what else I can say about this album. I mean, <laughs> it's just a good space to be in whenever I listen to it. What is it, 35 minutes? That's a good good length, that as well. Yeah. I do quite like a shorter album, I think. I think it should, yeah, either, be, I should either be around half an hour or have like 14 songs. And no one between. <laughs> So <laughs> either keep it at half an hour or go an hour and a half. Yeah, you know? pretty much. Just go full out. Like. Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. Well, I think that will transition us into your third pick, which is Kitchen Sink, and I don't know how to pronounce Nadine's second name. It's Nadine Shah. Shah. Yeah. Ah. Oh, Shah. N- N- I think... She's she's like from Sunderland. She usually goes Nadine Shah. So I think, ah. that's, I think that's it. But I, I, yeah, used to, I, I didn't used want to say, say it wrong. I usually <laughs> say Nadine Shah because it's just easier for me to say than Nadine Shah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is this was out last year. I think it was one of, I think it probably was my top album last year. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware of it. I'm kind of disappointed that I wasn't oh, when it came it's out. Like, it's like one of the... Um, like the six music crowd. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's like the six music crowd uh, love it, which, which is fine. Which is fine. Which is fine. Um, I love it because it's I, I like she's said stuff about. I really like Scott Walker. She's always said stuff about Scott Walker. Um, and she definitely sings a lot like Scott Walker. Mm. Um albeit a little more female, but not too much more. <laughs> that sounds quite <laughs> offensive. Uh, but but she, is, she has this like kind of vocal, I think it sounds quite like drenched in like kind of, there's a lot of chest, there's a lot of kind of like, just almost like noise to it. And then she does a lot yeah. of, she does a lot of like kind of crooning and vibrato and stuff like that. And that's why I say it's just kind of drenched because the vocal is just never straight like it is in pop music it's always like doing some interesting or outbound and i really like that first and foremost the voice is really like sits really well it's like a nick cavey voice or yeah like yeah, a scott, yeah yeah scott walker voice um and then the music it's ben hillier who's produced i don't know if you know him matt but he did uh i'll just call you matt matthew oh yeah he did, oh. <laughs> he did uh think tank by blur as well and I, I think oh really of, yeah he's one of my favorite producers and he's like a drummer as well i always think i always think albums produced by drummers are like really really good they're just kind of what am i thinking here obviously they've got good drums and there's a lot of like <laughs> thought for the, the tempos and the kind of like dynamics of everything i think with a drummer yeah. producing things and it means that like i think it also means that vocalists and guitarists maybe get a little more room to breathe i think a lot of producers do sing and play guitar and then it's like oh you need to do this 
Whereas when a drummer's producing it, it's like maybe a little more loose, I don't know, a little more loose fitted, I guess, with the rest of the music. So that's good. Mm. And you can tell because mm. this album's got like such like every genre in it. I like you. It's like a bit of yeah, like, it it's like a bit of like gypsy jazz, a bit of kind of just like gothic rock. Um, just let me have a look at the track list again. Yeah, I, I was really struggling to kind of put my finger on what kind of genre it was. Yeah, it's very. I guess you just say hypnotic. like alternative rock or like maybe not even that though. Like no, it because she she gets called you know that chamber pop thing on Spotify. Yeah. She's like one of the advocates for chamber pop, like she's always mentioned. Um but yeah, it's it's a lot it's it's like a lot of like just it's almost like prog, I'd say. Like poppy pro no as just we've gone too far down the wishing well. It's just a good album. It doesn't need to be pinned <laughs> yeah, down. True. Um and I I just she, I, I'm from like literally like half an hour away from where she's from. I always have a big affinity to people who like who have like be like I've got something in common with. Yeah, I always, I always do this thing when I if I'm really into someone, I'm listening to them, and if I'm passing through, like I I retain like where people where artists are from like really really well. Like I know where. If you like, it's same with like anyone I know. I just know where people are like from and what the job is. That's my skill. <laughs> it's just retaining that information as useful as that might be but like I remember just going through like Sunderland one time and listening to this album I was like yeah this is really cool and it really suits this and she lives in London it sounds now, like yeah but it's very like it's very of its own and has a mm. certain character and a certain boldness to it Um, and I like how I like how kind of like dry the vocals are and how loose and a bit kind of what's the word I'm looking for here like a bit unhinged and you don't you sometimes don't get that with female vocalists and I think this is down to like I remember kind of hearing an interview with have you heard that this is the Kit Matthew I have yeah yeah well Kit the singer from this is Kit was like saying about like sound engineers and like producers saying that female voices always have to be gentle and covered with reverb and stuff mm. and that how she doesn't agree with that and I think that probably ties into this as well where it's like yeah it's like like there's no reason for women to I I don't know what I'm trying to say here but it's not it's definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not being sexist I'm being anti-sexist so that's good uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah it's, it's an opportunity for like a woman in music industry to be bold and I like that and it gets that yeah. kind of thing like Little Sims and thing where it's like it doesn't matter on a woman because this is great music and it's great lyrics and it's fiery yeah and it's got a good attack to it and I mean I suppose that kind of ties into the some of the lyrics on the album it's like exploring uh femininity and being yeah. a woman I think I think she said it's about being a woman in her 30s yeah yeah and obviously I don't know what that's like because I'm a male in my twenties, but I can anticipate there are certain problems and social stigmas and things that mm. you can hear she has addressed in here. So that's yeah, very socially aware album would be a right word. Like it's kind of like what like what um, like Blondie did. So 
Yeah. They're, they're their kind of thing. Or maybe, maybe more like Patty Smith and that kind of thing. Mm. Where it's like... PJ was, Harvey, I think. Yeah, PJ Harvey. Like that kind of thing, yeah. That's the best one. So yeah, it's... I'm trying... I just think like all of like the synths and kind of the bass and the drums and the percussion, let's just say the whole instrumental, shall we? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's got quite like a party or like maybe like, like almost like an exotic nature to it. All Everything's kind of like gone a little bit wild, especially in that first track, Club Cougar. Yeah, yeah. It's I was like going to say you've got tablers in that. It's yeah, like- yeah. And that really, really loud synth, like the synth just yeah. seems to be the loudest thing. And it's just like playing that really like cool, like hypnotic riff. Yeah, uh, that's that's why I that's why I thought the whole album was quite hypnotic. Just yeah. from that, like from the off, it got me to like a, a zone. Like, yeah, a, what's, what's the word? A trance. That's what I'm looking 100%, for. Hundred percent. And I think, like I said before, I need this kind of uh, escape on the desert island. So I'm hoping that that is was a good shout. But then there's also quite a lot Hypnotize of like... Hypnotise your way to Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Um, but there's also like a lot of like soulful stuff and just like really like heartfelt lyrics on it as well. Yeah. I, totally. I really like Ukrainian Wine and Prayer Mat. They're just what, like what she's saying in there. Like, it's just really cool. Like Ukrainian Wine is like kind of like... Um, maybe being a little bit, a little bit naughty under the radar of your parents and that kind of thing, which is quite cool. Mm. And I like the, just how bold and like kind of out there it is just talking about like, like losing your credit card and drinking wine and stuff like Very that. Very real in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely real. So that's cool. And then it, but then it's real surrounded up by all this like strangeness and the like exotic yeah. <laughs> sounds. So that's, it's a really good balance. I think it's a bit like the Lee Reed thing actually. But um a bit more yeah. out there. Yeah. So like Lou Reed's like real and it's like nice and kind of like shiny and perky. Mm. Whereas this is like real and then all the music is kind of like Yeah. But in From another planet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um So I think if you could pin down a favourite track, what would you be thinking? Good question. I think I'd do um I think I'd do Ukrainian wine or Premap. I know Premap, the drums were recorded in a shipping container, so that's cool. Oh. You can hear, they're just like really like metallic. Yeah. Sounds wicked. Uh, I think Ukrainian wine, it's just a really good like, yeah. almost like a ballad. So and I enjoy that. And I she, like sa- trad she sounds quite a lot, you know. Uh, trad, is that the one that's like. Yeah. Is it like, like the into like intersecting vocals and a load of reverb <laughs> yeah is it the one where it's like take me to the i think it is that one mm. i'm not sure <laughs> i know the video she's done all the read with it because like that kind of last section where she's just repeating the same things over yeah, and over yeah. bearing in mind there's like different vocals saying different things but it's yeah i really i really really like that <laughs> But she's not saying I'm not. She's. I'm glad she's not saying I'm a gift to the <laughs> of this world. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, it's just a really cool album, and it sounds. I can't really think of anything it sounded like last year, so that's good, and enjoyable. It's fun. 
it's a bit dark. And I, I can I can hear it like live, even though I've not seen it live. And it'd be a good one to see live. I'd, yeah, I, I want to know wanna, what they do with it. Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely want to see Nadine Shah live. Mm. It looks wicked. Um, but yeah, Ukrainian wine will be the favorite track. I think. Nice. Any, any last remarks on Nadine Shah? Nadine Shah, even wow. Um, or do you want to move on to your book? I don't think so. I think. I really like the videos as well. They're pretty, like, wild. Um, I'm not seeing them. Uh, they're just, like, I think the one for, I think, Ladies for Babies, that's just, like, it's basically like a food fight. So that's good. I think food <laughs> fight videos are always fun. Um, the video for Trad, she's on, like, a fishing trawler in, like, <laughs> the English channel. Like, in, like, a wedding dress. It's pretty, pretty funny. Um, I can't really think of any of the other ones. But like, on her earlier albums and stuff Interesting concepts, well. yeah. She did like stuff for like Ghost Poet as well. She's like, that one of those people's like very stylish and never gets like kind of detached from that, which is cool. Mm. So much to strive for, I think. Yeah, and then, 100%. She, and then she's quite loud and proud and like kind of protesting things in the music industry and stuff. So again, yeah, so much to strive for. Yeah, totally. Which will lead us nicely into your book yeah I've picked um, Fear in Love and in Las Vegas um, yeah Hunter S. Thompson did you have you seen the book read the uh, seen the book read the film <laughs> have you read the book <laughs> read, or seen I, the film I've read bits of the film but um, I've not seen it all I've seen, yeah. I've seen bits of it Terry Gilliam what a guy so, so this is one of the first things I saw after I'd read the book and it felt really like rewarding and it's almost like a little treat after reading the book um <laughs> but I absolutely love one of my like my favorite things to read are kind of this like gonzo journalism and kind of it's it's mm. going back to the Lou Reed and the Nadine Shah thing where it's like certain boldness and an extremity of being yourself and being unapologetic in that yeah um, and Hunter S. Thompson definitely does that and he's probably the most open or talking about like doing quite a lot of hard drugs and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just like, yeah. He, he's probably not someone to be admired. He, I think he's definitely like sexist. <laughs> so yeah, definitely not someone to be admired, but he is very entertaining and does make you kind of think a little outside the box sometimes. But the fact that like Fame Love in Las Vegas is like pretty much like biographical is just like mind-blowing. And then, oh, is it? Is it by Grant? I didn't know that. Yeah, well, he was like a journalist, wasn't he? And that, that was his style, was just kind of rather than telling about the stories themselves, you just tell people about what he did. <laughs> like, oh, around, I had no around, idea. I know around, nothing about Hunter S. Thompson. No, nah, you should. I think you'd really like it. I, I do feel like it's something probably a phase that most like boys have going through it thinking you are Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> I had it. I had it like two years ago. So that's. I'm glad it's gone now, because like I say, he's not someone to be admired. But yeah, yeah. Um, he just, like that's his kind of thing. Gonzo journalism is just like not telling about the story, but just saying what his opinions are, what he's been up to, like around the story, and then just being like silly with it and like making it entertaining yeah. rather than news. Um, that kind of reminds me of um. Chuck Palahniuk, I think, how you pronounce it, of a uh, Fight Club and such other books. Um, yeah, like 
I, I remember in an interview he was saying uh, like he also had that background in journalism and he'd just go to parties to get stories off people. Yeah. Um, that to include in his books, which I always thought was really interesting. So all of his books are kind of, in a way, real stories just combined into this one weird hole. I think it's one of... The- I think it's one of the best and bold things you can do, but I, I think I, I feel like it's hard to do now because of social media and stuff. And yeah, you you people kind of like I don't know. I mean, maybe you can't. I guess you can. You just make different disguises for people. Um, you don't call them by their names. But yeah, I, I I'm definitely someone that probably couldn't do it. I'm not bold enough, and it's also sometimes a bit sometimes a bit nasty. <laughs> so I yeah, don't think I'd want to do it. But um. What's I gonna say? It's uh, I don't know if I got an example of it. Let me have a think. I'm digging. I'm digging. I'm digging. No, it's gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's just a really light. It's just a very cool way of assessing your life and not taking it too seriously, which I. Very much enjoying. Um, yeah. I had a really good example of something else like this. A good summary. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, <laughs> I read this book. When did I read this book? I'm thinking. Um, I think I read it over a summer when I was like off. Yeah, I was. It was in between first and second year of uni, and I just stayed in Manchester and just like this. The weather was really good. It was 2018. That was a really, really good summer. I think it's like one of the hottest ones. And it was definitely an, an escape into California. <laughs> <laughs> You're and practically already there with the uh, summer weather. Exactly. So it was just really, it's just really funny. I think one of the biggest skills as, a, as an author is to make people laugh in print. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you, haven't got, you haven't got any of those inflections or any of those kind of melodies to people's voices is just words on the page and i think that is the ultimate testament to a good author is and not everything has to be funny like some, some things wouldn't work being funny but yeah it is like an emotion isn't it funny so unable to convey an emotion is a powerful thing to do um so yeah um and then the film is just ridiculous <laughs> just watching it it's like, <laughs> i've heard yeah and i've seen bits yeah it has such mixed reviews and i feel like the bad reviews are from people who it's not not that they don't get it. It's just people who probably don't allow themselves to enjoy it and think too much about it. it would probably be my. Mm. But yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. And obviously, Johnny Depp is just a great actor, and yeah. just a, a silly actor to add to that. Um, and it's just like the way it just portrays these different experiences and then in body experiences and kind of other people's reactions. It's just really funny and, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd like to say it to me island with me because I would, I think I really would live like Hunter S. Thompson if I was on the island, just like. <laughs> just, just going on ex- a bit of a mad one around yeah, the just island. living extraordinarily. Quick lemon here, lemon there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> then dig a huge hole. And it would be good to laugh as well, so. Yeah, 100%. You need that mm-hmm. comedy when you're stranded. 100%. I've got to ask, <laughs> Matthew, what, what sure. is the, what's the, like, the food arrangements on the island? Do you just get, like, kind of rations or something? 
Um, it's never been cleared up in like any other versions of this. Yeah. Um, uh, I've always said that I'd uh, come up with some rules on the island of how stuff works. Still yeah. haven't. So I'm going to do a um, kind of Charlie in the Chocolate Factory kind of thing. Everything's edible. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Absolutely idea. everything. Okay. But it's not all chocolate, is it? No, don't worry. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Diabetes on the island. <laughs> Imagine that would be sick, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I suppose if you're going to get ill on the island, anything, you, you're pretty screwed, so. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, probably good just to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, it, all the food will be pretty good for your luxury item. Oh yeah, cool. Which yeah. is, would you like me to announce that now? Sure, yeah. My luxury item would have to be a cat, I think. Um, I thought about other luxury items. I thought about a bike. I thought about a football. Um, I thought about clothes and I thought, oh, that's probably the most pointless thing you could ask for. Um, <laughs> and then I think with all the other luxury items, you need something, another luxury item to work in conjunction with it. Yeah, like if, true. If I wanted a football, I'd need, I'd need a, at least a wall to just kick it off. And I'm presuming if this desert island is maybe sandy, it might be too difficult to play football. Nothing worse than football on the on beach. Sand, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know how people can do it. Yeah, neither. Um, and then a bike, the same story. On sand, it's just no fun, is it? <laughs> um, and if there's no hills or anything, yeah. So I thought a cat would be a nice little, firstly, a nice companion. Um Secondly, just something to look at and enjoy. Um, thirdly, a bit of warmth. And then something to look after, have a bit of duty, yeah. do you know what I mean? Although yeah. I think on a desert island, I like that. it would probably look after itself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think cats are just the coolest. I couldn't have a mm. dog because they're too noisy. Like, just uh, on the island or in real life? I, I think on the island, but maybe a little bit in real life too. Yeah. I like things to be quiet sometimes. And you don't really get that with a dog. So, mm. yeah, very independent cat. cats, aren't they? they I'm trying to think of... what, what cat I'd have now as well. I maybe have a, I think I'd have a black cat. Um, That's what I imagined when yeah. you said a cat. Yeah, and call it Swiper. I think Swiper's a good name for a cat. Swiper. Yeah, it's like Dora the Explorer. All you need now is yeah, a that, map. That's, this is where I got the inspiration from. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dora the Explorer. That's one of the. Coolest cartoons ever. Top show, weren't it? Yeah, 100%. What was that on? Was that on Nickelodeon or something? I wasn't seeing I think it was, yeah. Because I never had Nickelodeon. I don't know how I watched it. Me neither, yeah. Well, I definitely watched it a lot. I think I got it on yeah. a DVD or something. Or a I think tape. I think I might have watched it in my child mind, but either way, it was fantastic. Um, Holy show. How do you think I, I know Spanish now? Well, I don't know Spanish now very well, but I know a oh, bit you, of Spanish because of Dora. Span you started Spanish lessons. Oh, you, oh no, you've... Sorry, I've totally missed the point there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did oh, start man. Spanish lessons, then you stopped them. <laughs> to be a better way. Um, but yeah, Luxury Item is a cat. Three albums. So do you not get anything else? You just get food, three albums, a book, mm -hmm. and a cat. Yeah, it's quite limiting, isn't it? I'd be, I'd be fine with that, you know. I'd be happy. If, if I got good, if I got like, if I could have like fruit and stuff and seafood, I'd be yeah. happy. I'd be really happy. I'd probably Very be more minimalist happy than lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah. And if the weather's good, there's just nothing to lose. You're just living then, aren't you? And that's that's what everyone wants to do. 
I like no, it because I mean. a lot of a lot of people on the show always do take a good um, outlook of the island. No one's thinking, "Oh God, gonna have to go to this island. I'm gonna be sat yeah. here all on my own." Like, I like either that. way, either way, you're stuck there. So you've just got to kind of enjoy it, don't you? That's the whole premise. Or you'll learn to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you will enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matthew, if your cat suddenly turned evil and had a swipe at your albums and you could only save one of them, what would it be? I think it would have to be Elephant, Matthew. I think it would be. A great choice. Um, and I just want to take the time to just give a few honourable mentions as well. Okay, yeah, uh, sure. Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. It nearly Bang made it. it so nearly replaced Elephant. And then... I, I just listened to it the other day and it just pissed me off a little bit. I don't know why. So I just... <laughs> It maybe 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 not as evergreen as elephant. So oh man, it pissed then, you off. I don't That's know, not it, something I just, you when you listen to an album. It pissed me it, off. It didn't piss album. me off. I just didn't. I just didn't feel like listening to it. Which oh, is right, not what yeah, you want okay. from the islands. Um, Little Sims, Grey Area. That is such a good album. That's probably one of my. I think it's probably my. It's definitely in my top five for like the two thousands. Um, I think female hip hop and R and B at the moment is absolutely popping. Mm-hmm. Princess Nokia and stuff, uh, Mahalia, that kind of thing. That's all I listen to at the moment. And then, yeah, nice. One last honorable mention: Blur Think Tank. Again, same story as Rise and Fall of the It just agitated me a little bit the other day when I listened to it. So it's a bit more, Fair enough, it's yeah, a bit more city sounding. That you can't really get away with it on an island. I get it. Yeah. You need that kind of spaced out, kind of almost you, you dreaminess. Do. Like. You need analogue. You need analogue. That's what yeah. you need. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add to this, Matthew, Matt? Matthew. Yeah, anything you want to plug? Matthew, uh, Matt, Matty? Uh, I probably won't plug. I've not really prepped any plugging and I'll probably get a bit self-absorbed if I start doing it. Um, Go, on. Than... Go on. Go on. Okay, well... Um, <laughs> Mr. Matthew Fisher, if you've not heard of me, I've got two singles out. Uh, all my social media is Mr. Matthew Fisher. Um, I've got a side project called Fatberg coming soon. Uh, first single is out on the 26th of February. That's like a trip hoppy thing. And then. Nice. Marty Diaries. Thank you. And then I do uh, production and mixing and engineering and etc., etc. Thank you very much, Matt. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Matthew. It's it's been very funny and fun and enjoyable. Uh, So, thank you. (laughs) So, thank you to Matthew for joining me on today's episode, and thank you to you for listening. Remember, go find Matthew on social media, Spotify, stream the tunes, and you'll find a video which I recently took part in for his latest single, yeah, called Mickey. It's a tune. Go and have a listen. We did a live recording of it. It's very good. Sounds great. Yeah. See you next Friday. I think. Uh, Don't quote me on that. I'm not really good with these, uh uploads. Bye!